I had a GPS tracker and I remember talking to Pippa about it before and she was just like, oh yeah, I'll be watching that and I'll be telling you which way to go, so just, <laughs> just, keep, just keep listening. <laughs> um, I remember, yeah, Pippa's really going to love this route choice, like, <laughs> like slinging it round the path. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Run-In. This week we are discussing the British orienteering selections for the World Championships and the test races which took place to pick that team for both the men and the women, which has happened over the last couple of weekends. And we're also interviewing World Champs debut debutante, Pete Bray, who's um, running in the middle distance for the British team this year in Czech Republic and is making his World Champs debut. So that would be a great interview with him just to talk about through his uh, his hopes, aspirations and feelings going into that. And uh, then, yeah, looking forward to the World Champs, which is in a couple of weeks. But Catherine... Welcome back. Thank you very much. And we want to start this episode by saying happy birthday to the podcast. Yes, yeah. Because it is just over two years ago since we posted our first ever episode with Chris Jones way back then. And um, I guess we want to say I'm pretty, well, am I amazed that we've made it this far? Like, yeah, I guess so. When we started it, we didn't think, we never really thought that we'd do a couple of years and still going strong, I think. Yeah. Yeah, on to the next two years. It's yeah. um, it's gone quickly, actually. God, I know, yeah. right? And so yeah. I guess we probably just want to say thanks to everyone who's still listening mm. and supporting us. You know, we love hearing your feedback and your comments, saying that you're listening, and it means that we're not just two people kind of chatting to chatting rubbish with to nobody. <laughs> there is actually people <laughs> listening to us, much to our surprise, much to our continued surprise. So yeah, thanks very much for keeping supporting the podcast, you know, and sharing it around and discussing um, whatever we are chatting about in the podcast. Um, but let's start then, I think, with our first test races we want to chat about. And these yep. are the, the sprint races that were up in Scotland, I believe, up in Creef, uh, as part of kind of Sprint Scotland. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't go. I am nowhere near eligible for selection. But Will, you were there. And um, they looked like a couple of quite a couple of quite different races. The first one being very kind of park parky related. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the first one in the morning on the Saturday, so both are in the same day to try and put you under the pressure of, you know, qualification and final in the same day, as will be happening at WOC. So good planning from the organizer there to try and put you under that bit of mental and physical pressure of racing twice in one day. Um, first one, yeah, the, the original map had quite a lot of town on it, which would have had some wider route choices, but they got rid of that section. So it was all just located in a park with a slope on one side, a wood on the other, you know, separated by two streams with quite a lot of bridges. So it opened up a lot of route choice options for which bridge you'd take, you know, and how what and there was a lot of wide route choices as well. So that was quite interesting, mm -hmm. especially starting off with a few of those. So Fast and Furious, only twelve minutes long as well. So pretty short in comparison mm -hmm. to a lot of sprints that we that we get to do. And pretty hectic as well, because you kept on crossing people, seeing people in on different section of the course where it's in the first third they're, they're in the second third we're in the last bit so um yeah it was intense really intense um it's good fun actually as well uh it was i think people looking at the map might think oh it's, it's just in the park it's probably just going to be a bit boring but there's so much stuff in the way and you're constantly turning that it's actually really good fun and it was actually sunny as well it's the first day of summer it felt like so it's actually really quite nice running as well um oh well i'm glad to hear you say that because i think i was one of those people who looked at the map and went oh that looks a bit rubbish like yeah you likes kind of university campus sprints and stuff like that i was going yeah oh, yeah this isn't great is it 
Yeah, it was just a bit different. And uh, I think with it being like getting warmer for the first time in a while and um, having quite a bit of a slope on it as well, having to go up and down that a few times, you're really quite cooked by the end. So it was, <laughs> it was good and testing in quite a few ways. Yeah, and that was one by Peter Hodgkinson and Megan Carter-Davis. And then in the afternoon, you had a, had a second one, second race. Yeah. Yeah, so this was down to the south of Stirling in a new map that had been mapped um, just for this. I think this is the first time it's used, called Bannockburn West. Um, Bannockburn being the location of Robert the Bruce's victory over Edward II. Little, little history note for foreign listeners there. Um, so, place of cool significance. And um, yeah, so this was originally when I was looking at it, I was thinking, wow, that looks really boring. That's going to be just a classic. British urban style, which is for for people who've not done one before, very suburban, big, wide streets, long route choices, not too interesting. But the way they actually planned it and what they have mapped and uh, made it really quite interesting. So there was a bit of classic British housing estate, you know, bungalows, alleyways, route choices through them, a big, long route choice right at the start around Mm um some farmers fields so you so you kind of automatically into a couple of a couple of well, one route choice leg then a really short leg and then straight into a wide route which was about a kind of um a two minute leg no i'm just looking at the, the long leg it was three and a half minutes three and a half minutes there three you go. and a half yeah. minute leg so yeah On uh, a 14 think... minute course yeah <laughs> so, yeah so exactly. third, quarter of the course already yeah. um so that was really quite second race of the day you really had to push to uh mentally as well to get the most out of yourself on that one and then um into a bit of uh an arena passage and then um quite hilly near the end as well a lot of stairs through some old railway workings and um some old railway bridges so surprisingly technical as well which was which was good and i think probably not what people were expecting so kind of threw a few people off i think Nice. And it was again won by Pete Hodgkinson and uh, Megan Carter Davis. So taking two wins from two um, in there and um, ensuring their selection for the world champs. Um, And then uh, last weekend or a couple of weekends ago, uh, we had um, the weekend in the Lake District with these British middle champs at um, Somehouse Knot and the Northern champs at High Dam. And um, yeah, I took the trip up for that one for honestly just a gorgeous weekend of orienteering Mm. and i felt like having done having done quite a few events in the south so i've met up with all the people in the south but i've not ever done like i've not done a national event for ages so just seeing all the people from all around the country getting together to do some orienteering and you know saying hi and having a chats and just kind of being around in the in the arena afterwards was just was just it's quite special i think like we just haven't had anything like that for a while so it was really fun yeah yeah definitely it felt kind of i think especially when we've had a few elite only races it was nice to see Mm. just how many people were there and enjoying it and like you say it was amazing weather like clear blue skies you could see up into the lake district hills from the arena as well and it was um yeah, it's perfect, really. It was just a yeah. great, it was a really fun day, really. It really was gorgeous. Good. I went for a dip in Windermere after the middle distance race, which was freezing, <laughs> I have to say. But I went, prop- we went properly fully in. Like, all of us from SN, like, dressed in our, still in our O kit. Like, we haven't got any swimming costumes. We're just going straight in, straight in the lake. And it was, like, I think we looked an 
absolute sights. I think we were entertaining all the people who were sitting on the banks, keeping warm and like staying out of the water. That was a lot of fun. Um, but the middle distance race, Summerhouse Knot, of course, been used recently for um, British relay champs, mm. um, was quite, I found it quite a tough uh, reintroduction into Lake District terrain. Yeah. I don't know how you found it, Will. I, I think most people will have found it a bit of a baptism of fire, really. Um, I So the, I think the course was kind of divided into two sections. One very steep, rocky, um, re-entrant and crag line section where it felt, felt for me similar to places you get in France. Um, I woke up where you're having to kind of roll through re-entrance and get your height right through the crags and you can very easily miss your control. And then the second section being a bit more classic open... Um, Lake District Beach Beach Forest, where I think if people were there at the relays in 20, JK 2015 prepping for uh, walk, more of that kind of style where open, fast running, you've got to be really direct on your compass and you just get your head up and go. So kind of real, two real contrasting um, styles and quite steep as well. I think most courses mm-hmm. were way over the 5% mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. climb. I think for the men, we had... 295 meters climb of 4.8k so it's pretty savage <laughs> course as well it was it was and i think we both came a cropper kind of going across like traversing across this, yeah. this area of hill and i was like i i know well i know i've crossed this re-entrant but i'm not exactly sure where i am and my tracking on the route gadget doesn't look too bad but that's because you can't see exactly how slowly i was going and going oh my god i know the controls are on here somewhere but i have no idea where it is but i think that was the key to doing well because i think anyone who actually just took it steady and didn't run like a headless chicken would actually find the controls and yeah i just screwed so were you headless chickening then will i was trying not to <laughs> i was trying i was trying not to um but I, and i think i just got parallel on different on a different spur i was looking on the wrong feature um but i even found another control of mine well i think you did find number four before number three i did yeah and yeah. then still but then i still didn't see the kites yeah, yeah. I, was, I could i couldn't see the kites for any of those ones because then it happened to be on number six as well. I just ran straight past it. Um, too fast for my own good now. Uh, but that was good in the last section of the course. But you saw so many people out there just wandering around. Not having oh, a clue. Yeah. It, was, it was quite funny. I mean, some of the times for the distances, like I felt like I had to reprogram my brain for like what is a good time on. Like, I mean, you know, used to going like significantly under 10 minutes a K. And then I'm like, oh, OK, right. This is a Lake District. Like all times are just completely different to usual yeah. like just got to reset my expectations um completely for that one um but if we have a quick look at the results uh m21 won by uh, graham gristwood by just under a minute and then we also had um w21 won by holly or um mm. yeah very interestingly after you know we had her on the podcast however long ago and chatting about her kind of almost retirement so then for her to come and uh, come and win that one beating grace by a minute um was pretty exciting to see um and then we went on to the northern champs up in high dam again a lot of uh climb a lot of physicality mm. uh will how did you enjoy this one this one went significantly better for you uh, yeah finally uh finally had a good result for the season um which has been a long time coming so a high dam was a lovely contrast of kind of steep rocky 
um, Rocky Hillside, because Scandinavian style moraine, marshy terrain mm. on on top of the hill, and then a bit of open fell as well. So kind of classic um, English open fell. And yeah, then I felt some like set- I felt like you were. Um- You'd, you'd cross a wall and then it would suddenly suddenly be transported yeah. to a different place then you'd cross the wall and then it suddenly looked totally different again it was yeah you really had to flip your brain yeah, <laughs> into different styles of orienteering especially especially near the end I think where you're having to deal with a lot some sadistic planning because we went over the top of the hill <laughs> all the way kind of, it felt like all the way down to the bottom of it then I had to come back over for a 100 meter climb to the what fell at the bottom of the hill and then back up again um so it's pretty really savage and tough under tough underfoot as well with the marshes weren't fully dry so they were quite sapping you know through all the rocks on the um the bracken was quite low which mm. was a nice yeah, a nice good. novelty for a race in june in the uk so so that was good yes, I, mean, yeah, I probably shouldn't be looking at them but he has some amazing views up through windermere through to the lake district when you're on top of the uh, top of the hill as well so a real nice contrast, a proper tough long distance. And unlike when we raced the British Champs in 2017, I didn't smash my knee into a million pieces on a rock. So big positives. Big well, positives I, out of that I day. I think we've seen some uh, some big mistakes um, out mm. there. I think, you know, take a look at Root Gadget because it's it's good to try and have a look at what people have done. I mean, I think I made somewhere between five and eight minutes mistake like on this one control and I can't remember the last time I've made a mistake that big um and there's some you know people going up and down everywhere in terms of like who's leading and things like that so that was um pretty uh dramatic to see um and I yeah yeah, people are out there for a long time as well. I think some people in the men's course are out for three hours or so. So very physical return to terrain for some people. Yeah, so um, Will, you won the uh, men's course and then the women's course was won by uh, Grace Malloy. Uh, again, like it only a minute um, ahead of Megan Carter-Davis. That one was much closer. Cecilia Anderson was right up there for a, for a large part of the of the course but then made looks like she made some mistakes kind of towards mm. the end um, Meg yeah nearly winning after grace nearly catching her because we we crossed through a wall and you had to do a loop uh, i think it was like a clockwise loop but meg actually started doing it the wrong way got to Ooh. a control as grace was coming into it for the first time and then had to rerun the whole loop so nearly got back away from her to win as well so oh my goodness that must me. have been a moment of panic that that is that really must have been quite scary yeah um, for, for that one like just seeing that happen and see seeing that but you've got to you know you've got to kind of try and keep cool and just try and reset your plan and, and mm. forget about it I guess I guess yeah. um, that is uh, the way so obviously those you know those races um various other races in a year were, they, were these these were the main the main results kind of considered for selection weren't they will these are the main ones um because of the travel situation at the moment most people in britain weren't going to be traveling out to Czech republic for mm-hmm. quarantine reasons etc so there were still the selection races in the czech republic which were being considered as well so there's a middle and a long distance at the same weekend as the middle and long distance here in the uk um the sprint was the only one being considered just in the uk so um and then there was the previous sprint race in april as well in nottingham which was you know kind of all known form and contributing factor to to this so these are the main test races as well as the ones in the forest in the czech republic too which we had a few athletes at 
So, yeah, the team for the world champs coming up in the Czech Republic has um, been selected. Um, so the men's side of things, got Peter Hodgkinson, Nathan Lawson, Chris Smithard, Ralph Street, Pete Bray, Alistair Thomas, Hector Haynes, um, all kind of uh, selected on the men's side of things. On the women's, Cecilia Anderson, Alice Leake, Grace Malloy, Megan Carter-Davis, uh, and uh, Kat Taylor and Joe Shepard are the ones selected. Um, and the only two men able to be selected for the long distance for the men's because we're kind of like, there's like a division system for the for the nations, for the world championship. So those in the top division, because there isn't a qualification for the long distance, we you can't send like, if every team sent three runners, the, you know, it would be a really, really long start list. So the, mm. the top, however many nations get three runners, then the next however many get two runners, and then the rest get only one runner allowed to enter in um, that long distance. Um, and I want to say, you know, particular congrats to the you know, five complete um, making five athletes making their uh, world uh, champs debut, Cecilia Anderson, Pete Bray, Nathan Lawson, Grace Malloy and Alistair Thomas. So particular congratulations um, to them for making the team. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do feel there is a bit of an elephant in the room that we need to address, Will, which is you just missing out. Um, you're selected for a reserve on the long distance, but I, I'm assuming that means you're not traveling. Yeah, no, no, not, not traveling reserve. Um, yeah, a bit frustrating really to... Uh, to not make it after everything that's gone on in the last year and a half and nothing last year and the races this year. Um, my season obviously very much not going to plan. So most of the chess races I've done, there's been a colossal error somewhere in there, even even mm. the sprint, which has cost me a, I, I feel has cost me either a, a win or a second place in most of those races. Um, obviously, I think everyone can say that for orienteering, so it's a bit of a nothing statement, but that's that's how I feel going out of them. Um, so personally, very frustrating to to not make the team from my own performance point of view, and the fact that you know there is the division system. There's only two people who can get selected, and you do what you can to win the test race in the UK. But there's you know there's another test race going on in Czech Republic, and um, team has to be picked for based on those two races. So it's hard. I, I think it's just a hard situation in a pandemic as well for selectors to make any choice. Um, mm. But obviously, from my point of view, it's obviously very frustrating too to not make the team and um when i feel like i was in the shape to do it i just didn't put a performance down that was um in, in any of the disciplines probably that was worth going so uh but yeah it's just one of those things like some people cope better with coming back to racing than others um and yeah. there's other stuff going on throughout the year and uh yeah i guess you just never know i think i've gone to the world champs off being a reserve before so it could still happen again obviously not wishing bad luck on anybody but um with everything that we've seen for COVID and this year and how everything happens as well, you know, it, like Ralph missed out on Europeans through being a close contact with someone, not for anything that he'd done as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, we never know. I mean, for you personally, no. where do you go, you know, from here, do you kind of turn your attention to world cup rounds? Yeah. So I got the, got the Sweden world cup round that I was selected for, um, which would be good to go to and try and, Redeem myself, I think, from the performances I put down this year and, and try and show what I could have done if um, everything went to plan and um, and see what I can still do on that side of things. I'm also going to try and focus quite a lot on... Uh, I've focused a lot on this year on my running anyway to try and get a bit faster, but I'd like to try and do that and actually get some PVs nailed down because there's some races that I've wanted to go to that have clashed with 
some of the orienteering this year. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we like to, I'd like to go and do a few road races um, and try and get a few times on the board there as well um, through into the autumn. And um, and yeah, just just kind of get back to enjoying it as well because I wasn't I, I was struggling to find the enjoyment for this year quite mm -hmm. a lot with everything that was going on the uncertainty about is even world champs going to happen and you know still trying to focus on it and you know my personal i've been quite intense and you know work and everything as well so it's nice it'd be nice just to go back and enjoy things and that was the main thing from sunday that i took away is that i actually enjoyed sunday a lot and the, and saturday as well despite the result so i actually enjoyed both races a lot and that was a big step for me to actually go and enjoy the races mm -hmm. and then yeah just progression there i think yeah well you know it'll be interesting to see you know you how you can perform um at the those that those world cup races and you know having hoping hopefully being able to enjoy our interim because that is that is the most important <laughs> that's the thing, thing. You know, that's yeah. what i've taken you know from two years doing the podcast you know you can take away a lot but generally people who enjoy racing tend to perform well racing as yeah. well so um 100%. yeah Anyway, yeah. who knows? But let's um, now have our chat with someone who has made the team and what his preparations are now going to be like, because Pete Bray uh, is going to be making his World Champs debut. So, Pete Bray, congratulations on making the team for the World Championships. It will be your walk debut and... Does it mean maybe more the fact that you're not a, a 21? You're you're a little bit kind of older in the scene. You're you know you you've been around for a while, but this is your first walk. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing that um, I've well I finally made that sort of highest rung, which has always been like a childhood dream for me and working hard. But um, yeah, I guess I've we talk about it a lot but it's very hard from that jump from junior to senior and I think um for me anyway this has come this has come at sort of a predictable time because I've been trying to increase like and get better and get better over like just build slowly year on year like every every time just trying to build that little bit more and stretch myself in a different way so um this is sort of to me a really nice feedback to say what I'm doing is 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 right, and the sort of direction that I'm now taking my orienteering is improving me, and I've sort of gained that next level, if that makes sense, or the gain, get to the top level of of where I want to be, really. So yeah, it does make sense, and I almost think it's kind of, and I don't know whether you would agree, like it's it's almost harder to, you know, you're making that kind of slow progression if that's an aim you've got than to, to kind of be be kind of waiting and waiting to kind of slowly getting better and better and better, then that, yeah, that maybe, I don't know, is, is not an easy thing to do. Like, I I don't know, I feel like it would be easy to go, oh, I'm never gonna make it, let's stop. Yeah, yes, yes, it could it would, it could be very easy. And it, it's often a little bit demoralizing when you, you try really hard, but you don't get the performances that you think you're capable of. So I guess it's always that, um, you might show a bit of talent, but if you think you've got more potential, you've just got to believe in your own potential and believe that you're gonna, your tra trajectory is gonna take you up to, to where you want to be. But um, I say for me and like, orienteering is a sport at the end of the day. You've you've got to enjoy it. So I really enjoy what I, going out and racing. I really enjoy being in the forest. I I really love training. Training is such a big 
part of my life that um, it's it's like I would do it anyway if I'm just to be at sort of like in the elite level like mm-hmm. in Britain like yes trying to be the best in the world is an aim and trying to well trying to be the best that I can possibly be um, and it's just really fun to be at the level where I can go and mix it up with um, all these big names that you hear all the time but actually like I'm now on the same start list and same playing playing field as them so um yeah it's just it's just really exciting so I'm just I'm just really excited to get there soak up the atmosphere and um just really enjoy it just like get back racing to um to where we should be really yeah was the world champs always an aim for this season or you know I'm sure it's been in the back of your mind or were you just kind of going to see yeah. how the the races went no um I so I've got a few coaches and I went to one of them maybe two years ago and was like, um, right, check. That's that's where I can see myself doing well because it's sort of a terrain, because it's so specialist, it's sort of a terrain where it can level a lot of countries out. So where we would just get absolutely dominated in... In, in Scandinavia. Like Scandinavia, yeah. yeah. So it it becomes a bit more of a level level playing field where there are opportunities for ourselves and other smaller nations where we can go and get a really good result. And I've always uh, thought that about Czech, and then it was it was a good way off, and I was always training hard for it with an idea that like that motivation when it's really dark and cold outside. It's like <laughs> why am I going outside? And that would always be like one of the outside thoughts in your head sort of thing but um I did have a bit of a wobble maybe had a really good winter and then had a wobble maybe like six eight weeks ago where I was doing a bit more of the mass of like oh how many spots have we got how many like Mm. (laughs) how many spots are free in the GB squad because there are obviously like we've got people like Ralph and um like Hector's still racing and stuff like that and and running really well and it's sort of um and I always sort of had my eye on the long as well because I've always oh, okay. typically be, done yeah. better in the long yeah and of course we've only got two spots in the long yeah so um yeah I, I had a bit of a wobble but then I, I just wanted to get back orienteering and like um did a lot more training on a map and a bit more technique training um than I have done in the last year anyway and then yeah just all went right at the right time so had some had like a really good month or six weeks of racing and yeah came came right on the day that it sharpened myself up for last Saturday so um the selection race so yeah really happy yeah so yeah as you say you selected for the middle distance I assume it was always going to be forest stuff for you like based on what you've been racing previously at world cups yes yeah yeah I've I've always more well I've always enjoyed the forest and I've done well in the forest and um I've always I've always really liked sprint racing I've just never I guess historically I've never had that sort of turn of speed compared Mm to other Brits because we're just so like strong in sprint um I've I have run a world cup sprint mixed sprint relay in Finland and that was like one of the best experiences that I've ever ever had and completely <laughs> held my own as well so like um I think I was I was well ahead of because I was in a mixed team oh, okay. um so I was with um a 
Polish lad and two Swede Swedish girls. Oh. Anna Backman and um, I forget who the other another really good Swedish girl. But Anna Backman came back in like second on first leg and then sent me out and I was oh, just absolutely buzzing sprinting around Helsinki just like yeah so sprint is always great fun but um yeah possibly because my 5k is um not sub 15 as yet um <laughs> it's a little bit harder to compete sometimes was that the world cup in 2019 where we were racing around the center of Helsinki and um, yes, it that, was, that, yeah. those like epic steps and uh, that, that was just such an amazing arena I'm, I'm not surprised you enjoyed yeah. that race yeah they did they did very well with that with the amount of people they packed into that tiny little square it's just yeah. fantastic with all the spectators like screaming at you and yeah it was it was brilliant yeah and I think they jogged us from quarantine through oh you went a through like a shopping centre underground through, yeah and then yeah. into the un- like down one of the underpasses and then you just pop out into this tiny arena with like a thousand people screaming at you it was it was great fun yeah um, and the race didn't look too bad either from you know it's big kind of square city blocks but actually they managed to do something with it and they had extra barriers and stuff from what I remember yes yeah 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 they did yeah it was a it was a good a good yeah. finish to that whole week. That was a brilliant week in, in Finland. So tell me about all these, you know, the selection races, how you feel, you know, they went for you. I assume the main ones being um, at the weekend, the British Middles and the, and the Northerns, um, with second place, I think, then in on that middle distance, British Middles. Uh, is it terrain that you felt suited you? Like, how, how did you enjoy the race? Yeah, I've always I've always liked the Lake District, um, and I've always liked that's like slightly tougher terrain where it's like a bit hillier. Or um, I think for for me, certainly against like competitors of like people I've grown up orienteering against, I've always been like strong on the hills and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and strong in the terrain. So I know when I'm hurting in the terrain, I've they're just got it in my head more. that they're hurting more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. So. Um, <laughs> But no, the the middle race on Saturday, I it wasn't anything special. It was just steady. It was just um, I just had a clear, simple plan and went through my own navigational processes. And I was like running at maybe eighty percent, seventy percent a lot of the time, just making sure I was being clean. Mm. And then um, yeah, it just it, it all just went really well and. I just sort of had that, I wasn't panicking at all. There was none of that, like, flustered, like... I was making small little misses, but I would just stand still, spend two seconds sorting them out, and then move the right way to the control and get it, like, Mm. smoothly. Um, And I felt terrible. Like, we had the long leg coming back, and I felt so bad. (laughs) Um, Like, physically-wise, but... thinking back on it like um I think that was just because I was moving and I was just like trying really hard and it was tough terrain so Mm. um I was sort of giving it everything I could and uh and when I look at those splits as well I wasn't anywhere I was moving all right I was absolutely like like moving fine on those splits so um yeah it just went really fine I had a few small little misses in the second half where it came a bit easier in my direction Mm. That we had a we had a that tiny three together that was like very um changes of direction. It was a bit tough and I lost a little bit of time there. But yeah, it was good. It was um 
It's actually the first weekend when I've seen my whole family together for <laughs> for ages. So it just felt like another holiday orienteering. So we were all up in the lakes, all in a house, and just like yeah, it was nice. It was just nice. normal, like family going out going out the door for orienteering at the weekend. It was that's perfect. great. And maybe that helped take the pressure off as well. And you just kind of just have a normal race. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I knew it. I knew it was what selections and everything, and I was just more excited to get racing. Like it, I didn't really feel um, pressured so much. I guess because we'd had what was it two weeks, three weeks before we'd had those other lakes in the races mm. in the lakes, and they had gone nicely, and I was orienteering how I wanted to. I mean, mm. those ones were a bit like, oh, I can feel I'm a bit rusty here. It's a bit difficult reading at speed. Mm. Mm. Um, but they went, they went progressively. They got progressively better. So, going into that one, I knew, I knew what the train would be like. I'd planned previous like legs. I knew what challenges that I was going to mm. get. Yeah. Um. So I just felt quite prepared and quite calm, and it, it all went well. And then Sunday for the long, <laughs> yeah, was pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> but um, my engine just sort of blew up. <laughs> so. <laughs> So like uh, I think a lot of people will be able to to say the same to be honest. Yeah. But it it looks good cuz um so after 45 minutes or something when I'm looking at the splits I was in the lead at that point. Oh. And so like for a middle distance yeah that's perfect yeah mm. I'm like in great shape for that and um it was I just made some um I was I was running really well again same just keeping simple processes just keeping it really chilled. And then it was just that heat that just like started sapping me a bit. Um, and when you get a couple of things that happen, it's like you go over on your ankle and then you're feeling rubbish and you have a slight miss that turns into a bigger miss. And then it's like you just get that little niggle in your head of like, oh, this isn't going so well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you lose but... all the kind of momentum and like the use the, you lose the confidence that you've had like going in that you've had all previously yeah. and all those previous controls it just kind of like slowly goes downhill yeah for some reason you just forget that you've absolutely nailed like 12 of the last yeah. 14 and then and then suddenly um i really love the, the the top bit of um high down there where it's like a mini sweden i mm. absolutely love that all the marshy bit yeah, the marshy bits, yeah. and I absolutely nailed those ones through there and was really happy with that. It was just the the final bit, I was just, um, I was flagging a little bit and um, not picking the, not making the best choices. I was making, like, very safe choices. Mm. And then mm. there was one control where I was on the parallel feature and I wasted, I, like, lost five and a half minutes on this one control and I was just, like... I was just like stood in this massive bit of open being like, where is the control? I can't see where this is on the map. And for some reason, my tie brain just couldn't put two and two together and I was getting five and it was just like, oh, for yeah. God's sake. Well, same for me. I came up on like after the marshy bit up onto the hill and then I then I made him like a massive parallel mistake and it was like at least five minutes, somewhere between five and eight minutes mistake. And I'm like, I have not made that big a mistake in a long time, but I just could mm. not figure out like 
where I was coming up off the marshy bit. So that was, yeah, that was very yeah. annoying. But it felt but, to me like, you know, you'd cross a wall and then suddenly you'd be somewhere different and then you'd cross a wall yeah. and then the terrain was just like completely different again, which was yeah, like, I yeah. think quite fun to be honest. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very fun area, that one. I do mm. like that. Um, but yeah, looking at it, I was what, like 10 minutes down, 11 minutes down and I easily wasted like, like a lot of time on a on just three three controls or something where it was mm. just like really when i go back to like what the root problem was it wasn't too bad um but it was just like all that error afterwards was just yeah so i i could have done pretty, pretty well hopefully <laughs> i mean a lot of people probably could have said that um, well yeah but, i think so yeah yeah but i was um i was pleasantly surprised at how close i was to the winning time in the end so um, yeah there you are yeah that gives you some good feedback and especially the like you know 45 minutes in you know leading then that gives you a lot of you know should give you a yeah. lot of confidence going into the Czech Republic so I think you have raced in the Czech Republic once before if I'm right uh, junior world champs in 2013 yes yeah it was um it's been one of my best international races in the long distance there yeah I, had, I think uh, you've got 17th in the long Yes, yeah, that was um, that was a very good day. That was um, it was a very good week actually. Like it was just really enjoyable and um, yeah, I'd done jaywalk the previous year, so got all of the like ridiculous like <laughs> oh my god, this is the first international I've ever been at. Mm-hmm. Like all of those. So that year, I'd it's like probably my worst mistake ever was that um, I'd. In the long distance, I did the classic get to the drinks control, not punch the control, go straight for the drink and then run off. So I I got disqualified because I didn't yeah. go to the actual punch it. Ooh. So then on the like drive home, that was like the most horrendous feeling when you suddenly realise, oh, all of that was wasted. Um, so I was gunning for a good, a good race in Czech. And also I think it was my top, I was top year there. Uh, so it was my last junior worlds and um yeah it it went it went really nicely so i think it's first year uni as well um i just had started working with pippa archer as my coach then as my like all round life sort of <laughs> agony on where i was just like middle of a tuesday i just go up to pippa's office and be like like verbal diarrhea of all of these problems going on and then right at the end she was like so how's orienteering going (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so we worked really well together that year and um had a really good aim and I was training really well and yeah I, I remember standing on that start line I just like been warming up and there's all this like pressure on the like the sort of like um, pressure cooker of like you're on a bus together and stuff like that traveling mm-hmm. to the arena and stuff and um, everyone's giving each other nervous looks and things but um, I, re- I remember warming up and falling over quite badly in the warm-up oh. like on a little log and like bashing my knee and then I just remember being like just just like laughing to myself because I was just like oh how much how ridiculous is this that we like put so much pressure on ourselves um but it just like for some reason it just chilled me right out and I was just um I just it just put things in perspective a little bit of like I was just using all this nervous energy 
for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, and then I had a GPS tracker, which was the first one of the first times I've run with that. Mm, and yeah. I remember talking to Pippa about it before, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, I'll be watching that, and I'll be telling you which way to go. So just <laughs> just keep just keep listening." <laughs> um, and I I remember going from like control one to two, and just being like. Yeah, Pippa's really gonna love this route choice, like, <laughs> like slinging it round the path and going as quick as I can, and um, absolutely nailed it. And then, um, yeah, I remember racing through the forest and I caught a few people up, and then we were having a really good like head to head where I was very much like driving all the navigation, but they mm. were there pushing me on physically. So mm, a good train um, to get on. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah, it was yeah, it was good fun. Um, so yeah, a lot of fond memories from Czech. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to returning there as well. Yeah, was it? Is it kind of similar terrain, similar part of Czech Republic, or not at all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. However, um, in the lead up to that jaywalk, um, I think myself, Johnny, Will, Charlotte Watson, um, I think Lucy might have been there as well, and. Um, we all went out with Mark Nixon over Easter. So I think we did the JK and then immediately after the JK, we flew out to check. Mm-hmm. We did our own like Jaywalks training camp there, which was still one of the most fun like camps I've ever been on that we'd just organised ourselves and you just rock up in a minibus to some like random Czech forest and run around, yeah. <laughs> run around out of this like lay, lay-by out and just like locals just staring at these kids jumping out in pyjamas on the side of the road <laughs> and going running into the forest. But um, as part of that week, we drove up um, to Doxy and we ran around like Sandstone Paradise mm. and um, another really wicked um, like Sandstone terrains up there. So I've got a little taste of it. I have never been specifically to. Yeah, maybe I can't remember. But the middle, the middle terrain that I'm running is not actually. It's very. It's just one big steep green slope with lots of boulders, mm. which they, and because I ran that jaywalk, the middle was very similar, and the mm-hmm. middle was just like a massive slope of boulders, um, and I remember them doing some, some quite good planning where it's like lots of little legs on the top on the flat, and then just like diving straight off the hillside into this mm. massive rock labyrinth. So. <sighs> I'm very much expecting something like that, of like downhill diagonal through the green to a single boulder or something like that. But um, that is that is really that is really tough. Um, yeah. yeah, I personally, oh, I don't like the sound of that. But uh, <laughs> good good luck. Um, well, I'm, I think like a great opportunity if I can nail that, and, and that will certainly take a few other like top people out. So oh yeah, there should be some good good mistakes coming from check in july i think <laughs> so. i can't wait i can't wait to commentate on it all i think it's going to be yeah looking at that gps yeah. i think will be really really good so obviously you haven't been able to go out to the czech republic you know very very few brits have i think megan went out a couple of times ralph and hector don't live in the uk so they've they've been they went to those selection races there but other than that very few of the brits have been able to go so what I suppose have you been doing as kind of walk specific training or preparations to help you out and get there? So um, I've been scanning the northwest for as many relevant terrain types as possible. So I've got a few on my hit list of like um, um, 
I'm going to go out to Mac Forest tomorrow because uh, there's some nice green steep slopes there and then there's um there's a couple on the Welsh borders around here that I'm trying to get hold of the maps with some very um friendly you know, local orienteers uh, helping me get the maps for that and um might make a trip up to the lakes to try and get in some more stones and some more um uh craggy bits but at the moment so um We've only got, what, two weeks left, two and a half weeks. So I hope that I'll get out there with maybe a week um, pre, like beforehand mm-hmm. so that I can actually get on some model maps. Um, however, um, my idea is just to, to do a lot of um, physical training in relevant, like, forest here where I'm sort of battling through green and like all those little changes of direction Mm. that you don't normally get when you're not in the forest Mm. and doing that with um they've got quite a lot of maps online of um the swedes have got all their training camp like data and gps data and stuff Mm. like that and then Mm. they as you say they've just all had their like the selection races out there um for the other teams so they're really nice courses that i can be i know it's not the same but I can be testing myself at home on those courses and then seeing the analysis as well. So there's all of that through World of O and stuff like that that I can get a hold of. So there's not that much time. I've maybe only got three or four quality sessions from now to then. So it's sort of just picking what's right and, um, yeah, just things that will give myself like trying to increase my confidence as much as possible i guess yeah um, whilst making sure you're in a good shape uh and you're not like you're not injured and you're not overdone anything by the time you actually yeah. get to the start line yeah yeah of course yeah and this year with the program being slightly different it's going to be quite a big day so with the middle races that with just looking at it and they've got the qualifier between like 9 a.m and 11 a.m and then the mm. final between 5pm and 6pm or 4pm and 6pm so yeah it's going to be a big day but like yeah. have you done uh, races like fun. that you know like middles two, two, two in one day before uh not not middles i've done sprints a few i mean yeah we've done like orienteering sprint races that mm. have been um similar like that um over the winter it's just it's just trying to get used to it with doing double days of normal training so that's something that I'll try and do in the next two weeks is try and do two quality sessions like back to back basically with only a few hours rest between. So for me, I've I've definitely made a big step up because of lockdown. Mm. So with lockdown, this is where I sort of see I've got my gains because it gave me a new routine. It gave me um, the opportunity to sort of really focus on my training and I did quite a lot of double days there where I'd run before work rest really nicely just working at home then go out and do intervals at lunchtime and I've only got like three four hours between them Mm. um Mm. so that was like a purposeful change for me and I was getting some really great like benefits and just my running was going from strength to strength from from just like Mm. 10 12 consistent weeks of just of that of like two interval sessions and a 
two hour long run so yeah yeah it it worked really well Um, that was literally going to be my next question yeah how how has lockdown impacted you so presumably you've been working from home and you yeah you've just had that time when you're not having to travel around or you know to be able to get just get out and do more quality training yeah yeah it's it was a really I mean it's probably a quite controversial view for some people but lockdown for me was actually really good um like it just let me refocus my life on on training and what I actually wanted it to be and because we had all that great weather as well Mm. like um I was able to work a bit more flexibly like I stayed on throughout a lot of my company got furloughed but um I stayed on so I was still going out and about and sort of keeping my sanity that way um so I do a lot of site work through my job. So often it can be like a lot of um, long days where you're like doing 12 hour days, like lugging 10 kilo pumps around a random brownfield site or something to draw water out of the ground or like, yeah, just doing a lot of like physical work where you're mm. on your feet all the time and a lot of driving as well. So I've been a bit, um, been a bit hampered after over the last month because I've been like working in sort of North Lincolnshire quite a lot so it's a lot of time in the car and that sort of I've got a bad lower back as it is and it's just screwing up like my whole hamstrings and everything so um yeah I really enjoyed lockdown where it was sort of like enforced working at home so that was that was brilliant for me but um something that I need to keep an eye on in the next two weeks is to just try and work just try and tell work to um to yeah st- take a step back a bit um <laughs> yeah you're not the only person we've chatted to on the run and who's basically kind of said pretty much that like I need to for these for these couple of weeks just like let's you know the, you've got this chance you're you know your first mm. world champs run like you know try and give yourself the best in, and hopefully you know work can understand and and be cooperative and to you know this is the you know the the biggest chance so far of your orienteering career so uh try and make yeah. and try and make the most of it i guess yeah mm. and you know you've done we've kind of mentioned already you've done a few kind of world cup um rounds before i was actually having a look you seem to have visited finland and latvia a lot uh world oh, cup yeah. rounds yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so like what can you you know do you, do you think about what you can take from those and and how you can bring that into the world championships and how how world championships is going to be kind of like a different experience to those world cups yeah i guess um i guess it's all just building blocks of experience so it's always like it's always a pleasure and a great opportunity to go and race internationally so going out to latvia and doing like euro meeting or a world cup or um yeah a couple of world cups in finland and like even the bigger races where, um, like Yukla or something like that, where you go and mix it with people that you have never met before and, and you don't know what they're like. So, like, we grow up in such a small, like, orienteering community mm. in the UK that it's like, you know what people... I know what someone's strength is. When I'm, like, running against them in the forest, I know what they're... what like whether I should like sit in or kick ahead or when I should go like on a hill or something like that. Whereas in Finland, you're just like have to completely focus on your own 
process as it should be really like um like focus on your own sort of ability and your own capacities in a way um but yeah yeah it's been good it's been good fun and like it's all been i've seen it as all sort of like building up to to this point really is that like this is my first world champs of hopefully many that um yeah that i can sort of um go from here but i think my form is quite good because over this winter i've specifically trained for a half marathon because we you know when we went for that like um we had the lockdown in november Mm. the, the one that started in november and it was like dark cold winter nights and i sort of like it's it's very very flat where i live so you can do a two hour run um i can do like or maybe 30k or something and i do 13 meters of climb like Ooh. it's it's like it's so flat i just like jump on the canal one run up the canal and then come back on the on the like disused railway um so you can do quite a lot of training but I was sort of like I've never put down many sort of like PBs or like decent PBs that mm. are reflective because I've always sort of get into shape and then you go and race in the forest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can't so really compare was... that against any sort of times or PBs or anything like that generally, you know. Yeah, I guess it's that sort of like ego thing of like a, the normal runner of everyone just turns up and they just <laughs> <laughs> they do the um, appendage measuring competition where they yeah. Uh, where it's like, oh, what's your 10k PV? What's your 10k PV? Yeah. So um, I've never, um, I've never done many like setting down like times where I'm like, yeah, that was like mm. as good as I possibly can do. Yeah. Um, so back in November, I entered a half marathon that there was like the Cheshire Elite Marathon, and then they tagged on the half marathon at the same time. So mm. it was sort of like you have to have made a certain quota to even enter because they were just keeping the, Keep the number, the number small. Yeah. And um, like an absolutely ideal course where it's just like tiny, um, it's like a four mile triangle of roads, um, like really flat, really yeah. good field there because everyone was like chomping at the bit to go racing. Mm-hmm. Um, gorgeous conditions and it just all went like perfectly so that the race was end of april and i actually for the first time well not for the first time but actually sat down and like normally i plan on my training with like jack daniels in mind or i like chat with different coaches and things but i went and um i started working with dave sprott so um i was sort of like this was another reason for check i was like dave rang him up and was like um I really want to go for check and I feel like I need to improve these sort of parts of my running. Like, um, I want to improve these like running parts of my running aspects or however you want to say it. Like just want to get better, faster. <laughs> um, um, and so start working with him a bit and it was, um, um, just not, not like, intense or regular it was just like a chat every like six weeks or something or like every month um but yeah just sat down and like i made like a proper 17 week program because that was how many weeks i had to the race day and just like followed it through and it was just like when you actually put a plan together and it's like talking with 
very experienced running coach and he's like well okay sub 70 that's going to be a bit of a stretch for a half marathon at where you are now Mm. like i'm not saying it's not achievable but like um you're gonna have to put in the hard the hard work Mm. like sort of thing and then to to run on that day and to run like low 69s i was just absolutely buzzing it was like yeah i was (laughs) like yes it actually works come on (laughs) Yeah, when you, you know, you can sit down and you can make a plan and you have a target and you've got that motivation. And I'm like, that almost feels like a a, a motivational step on the way to, you know, a good kind of intermediate goal on the way to the world champs. And that's surely got to give you a lot of confidence. But it sounds like you work with quite, do you work with like quite a few different coaches for different things then? Yeah, yeah. I've, um, so I, I guess it comes from, I've been involved in the talent squad um, so I've been coaching with the talent squad for maybe like mm. four years now or something. So um, Paul Mogdroyd being the head coach and then um, Mark Nixon being the technical coach. Um, and then working with my brother as well, who's another coach and like Ben Chester and stuff. So there's always a regular, there's always a regular group mm-hmm. um, of us. And that's been fantastic to go and like help improve people. And, and right from that and, and right from like, I've I've done quite a lot of coaching over the years and I've always said to like the juniors go and talk to as many people as you can and cherry pick ideas from them and just steal like the bits that you like and the, the best aspects and then because orienteering is such like a personal thing mm, mm-hmm. I think that it's like everyone does it differently and even how you talk about it like I might be talking to a junior and they they're explaining what they did but they're not putting it in the terms that I would <laughs> and it's like you don't want to like try and uh, put anything in boxes or anything you just want them to explain it right um or or say like oh this is how i would do it um and see whether that like bits of that mm. would work for them um yeah. but yeah so <clears throat> i've always had that mentality of like i'm going to go to a lot of different people and try and build like a good support network yeah. so so where I might feel like oh, I want to increase my like physical capacity, then I'd go to Dave or yeah. I've just started talking with Pippa a bit more over the last, um, like I used to chat with her loads over um, uni and then a little bit more um, recently. But but like someone like my brother is always just, we've all, we're always talking orienteering and I'd yeah. say like, we're coach and like training partner and mm. rivals and everything in between <laughs> so it's um yeah it's just it's just great fun and we're like um very similar so yeah um yeah it well, can I, often yeah become... I certainly get like the whole coaching other people really gives me like a a drive to kind of do better and like listen to my own advice and all that kind of yeah. thing like it really yeah. well, but it, and it also forces you to think a lot about the sport I think as well definitely yeah so um tech tech like on my technical side helping out with the talent squad has just been so Mm. amazingly good because like what's better way to learn something than try and teach someone else yeah like um (laughs) and I went out and did um probably the the turning point for me with this was coming out of uni I wanted to have like a bit of a break um and my brother was like oh have you seen that Australia is doing the scholarship thing Mm. I was like oh yeah that sounds fantastic and then um they wanted a pair so then I was sort of like 
more thinking who who would be a good fit and then asking a few people and they were like well I'd be keen but I'm not in the right position have you thought about this person and then um I gave Ralph a ring and then Ralph was like oh yeah I'm so keen like so keen so um and it was only they'd run it for the first year with the Danes they had like three Danish lads Mm. and then they invited myself and Ralph out there and that was just sort of like the turning point where it was just I could see orienteering coaching being like an actual thing Mm. um and it was just like a great experience and just like trying to sponge as much information off other people and like learn from some great orienteers there and like we were and learn from Ralph as well, like, um, mm. all the time. It was just just talking orienteering, like, 24-7. <laughs> um, but, um, and then came back from Australia in 2016. Um, and then that's when I got more involved with the talent squad then. Mm. And then from there, I've sort of been doing two or three weekends and maybe a long, like, a Badagrish week or something like that. Yeah. With them, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, I I mean, I find it so rewarding, like being able to just kind of teach and and, and see people get better and all those kind of things. Like, it's just I I really, really, really love it. So, um, yeah, I want to get quickly back onto um, Czech. So when you how long until you're leaving to go out there roughly and. Have you got your head around all the COVID stuff yet? (laughs) Oh, God. no. No. Um, We've got a big we've got a big. A big team meet tonight, okay. so um, chatting all that like logistics and letters to get through borders and and like exemptions from yeah. the Czech government and stuff like this. So um, I've lo- certainly looked at flights. I've been furiously trying to beg, borrow, and steal cover from work to try and get as much time as possible either side. So mm. I'm pretty sorted for the like quarantine at the at the far end. Mm. Um, like I need to book everything. Everything's like in line. Yeah. It's just that date when I'm gonna fly out. So I'm hoping that I'll um yeah, get a good like week or five days before the race. Yeah. But um yeah, it's just really exciting to to like a great team and a lot of uh of us newbies coming into it as well. Like um what five of Yeah, I think there's five new first? yeah, five new athletes, which is I feel like I'm so used to kind of seeing the same names on for quite a while and for me as a as a commentator and someone who does a podcast I'm just I'm excited to see a whole new round of fresh faces and you know because we haven't had competitions for a whole over a year yeah like I really noticed that the Europeans there was you know a lot of new names and new faces who maybe had their senior debut year last year and now they're second year senior and they've really like made a lot of progress so yeah i'm really i'm really excited that you're really excited about going and um you know and the team and everything so um best of luck and um we'll maybe try and catch up with you afterwards and see how your middle distance gone cheers thank you so uh best of luck to pete bray and of course all the team who are going out to the czech republic to Mm. compete in a few weeks time it's going to be i think a really 
tricky competition very very unique competition but you know all of these guys have been selected off um some great results so we wish them the best of luck on you know the biggest platform or and you know the highest level of our sport. um yeah best of luck to all of them um we're nearly at the end of today's episode um but will first a message from our sponsors from envies and straight compasses Yes, so I was wearing the Envy Forest 1 in the Lake Districts on both races, actually, for the middle distance and the long distance. I've got to say, fantastic grip. I, I don't think I had a problem at a single point um, in either race. You know, feeling like I was risking anything on the descents, felt comfortable, felt like I had the grip. And and yeah, just I think the go-to shoe for anything on rocky, rocky tough terrain like that. So where can you get hold of those if you want to? You can speak to Mary Fleming, who is the UK distributor at nvstraight.uksales at gmail.com. So that's n-v-i-i-s-t-r number eight dot uksales at gmail.com. Thanks very much, Will. And we've got um, a great episode uh, coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Of course, we're going to have our sprint episodes with Pete Bray uh, next week. And then we're going to be doing kind of a, a world champs or walk um preview special uh looking ahead at all of those races who are they're going to be the runners and riders looking at who's been selected and really taking a close-up um preview of that competition we also think we're going to be chatting to Teresa Anasikova who's one of the uh women from the Czech team uh, she's quite a a young athlete but has been running as part of the Czech team for a good few years now and really I think is one of their a young talented athlete mm-hmm. so we're going to be getting her One kind of, of in- yeah i think she could do really well um you know she's done fantastic results in particularly in some of the sprint competitions um over the last couple of years and yeah it could be a really real big name to watch i think so we're going to be having a chat with her finding out kind of some some insiders um opinions on this check terrain and all the preparation she is doing as well so we will be back as i said in next week with uh, that sprint episode and then with our walk preview in two weeks time we will speak to you then 